Welcome into another edition of New Track Record. Thanks for joining us, Caleb Hatch, Justin Kinney, as we record on Thursday, October the 12th, in the evening here of 2023. We have testing IMS, including Kyle Larson, other Indy 500 potential rookies, hybrid testing, silly season nuggets, and more all to come on this episode. Hi, Justin. Hello, Caleb. How are we? Oh, we're doing well. Well, I haven't reached that point yet where you're going through racing withdrawals or IndyCar yeah, racing no, I, withdrawals. October's too busy of a sports month. Yeah, I think it's it's usually for me the turn of the year. Like we're, we're in the, the dregs of winter, like yes. mid-January and February. That's when it's really a struggle. We also have like too many seats not yeah. solidified Somebody's yet. Somebody's got to fill these damn seats. So we'll, we'll have a perhaps... Uh, a driver name that could fill one of the seats. I think a bit of a surprise, mm-hmm. at least to us. But uh, we'll get to that on this episode as well. But uh, we we start with testing at IMS. So Kyle Larson easily completed his Indianapolis 500 rookie orientation program uh, Thursdays. We record so today at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, fast lap of 219.3 miles per hour, completed 72 laps uh, during his ROP uh, session. Again, no no real surprises. Uh, the, the only thing that I thought was notable is that if there's like a delay, that Tony Kanaan is essentially the reserve driver for this ride. So oh, really? if Kyle Larson has to leave early because the, the race is delayed for whatever reason. Um, Makes sense. And he's got to get to Charlotte. Then Tony Kanaan is the standby driver. Well, we weren't sure how that was going to work in the event that something like that happens mm-hmm. because there had been discussion on, well, he could miss one cup race for the 500, but I don't know what the rules are. So that's really NASCAR. if it rains before halfway. Yeah, that they can, so that is can the, jump in. The standard there. So he completes ROP, no real issues for him. This is not really a surprise. I don't think it was more of... He has his first opportunity to take to the Oval to to really kind of see what it's like. Obviously going a lot faster than what he's used to in a cup car. But I think the bigger storyline around this is not necessarily the test. Uh, The bigger storyline to me is that we have a driver who is in the prime of his career coming from another discipline. Not like a Kurt Busch. Uh, I'd even say not like a Fernando Alonso. Mm -hmm. um, As far They weren't in their prime. But Kyle no. Larson is very much still in his prime as a racing driver. And uh, yeah. that's what makes this so exciting. And also, you have to add the element of, well, this is a, a big draw. I mean, this is one of the top, what, two or three drivers in NASCAR? I mean, between I mean, yeah, him, him and Chase Elliott and you throw in... I mean, we're talking most popular or best drivers? Uh, both. Uh, I I think it's Kyle Larson. I think Kyle and, Larson and, and is the what, most like a Kyle Busch. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, but I think Kyle Larson's the most well-rounded mm-hmm. racer in Cup. So, so we're, we're it we're, is a good point. We're we're getting somebody to come over to do the 500 in the prime of their career, not toward the end, like right? with Kurt Busch. Yeah, or even Fernando Alonso. Which, granted, Fernando Alonso is still racing in F1. I don't think we would have thought that. Right. When he first came over in 2017 uh, and then came back, what, 2018 
or 19, I guess it would have been 19. He came back in 19 and then in 2020, but I don't think we thought he'd still be an F1 at, at this point. Right. But with Kyle Larson, I mean, he's on top of his game. And I think the, the other thing is because of that and him being one of the top drivers in NASCAR, I, I mean, it'd be hard to argue he's not one of the top three drivers. I don't think you can have a legitimate argument to say he's not. Yeah. And so to me, you're looking at, well, this is a great opportunity if you're the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, because if they sold as many tickets as they did last year, that was without Kyle Larson. Now you throw in Kyle Larson to part of the equation. He's with a prominent team that will promote it heavily, that has the resources behind it, obviously has the resources to compete for the win. We saw that uh, earlier in May this year. They didn't win, but Pato Ward and Felix Rosenquist very much in the mix until very late in the race. So there's an opportunity there for perhaps perhaps a sellout of reserve seats. Am I, am I crazy for thinking that? No, I, I mean, I don't know as much if it, if it, if it helps fill the seats more, but I think it's a definite bump to television. I think you're going to have more NASCAR fans that plan their Sunday Memorial day around watching two races, not just one. And I think that could hopefully for IndyCar boost the 500 number. Uh, and I, I, th- I think that's where it would have the more measurable impact. But hopefully there's a fair amount of Kyle Larson and Cup fans that have never been to the Indianapolis 500 that may look at this as an opportunity to do it if their favorite driver is running in the race. I mean, this is a guy who won the championship in 2021. Uh, is again, had a really great career. Already won couple of races this season in fact it looks like three races this season in cup uh, most recently at darlington a few weeks back so very much on top of his game and to me this is ims's opportunity to to keep building on what they, they've already done since the pandemic i mean obviously they had the limited crowd in 21 and then you had the massive crowd in 22 felt like the, the crowd even in 23 was as good or better and they, they keep building on what they've done the last couple of years. And I think it's important for Kyle Larson to have a good experience, not necessarily for him to come back, but also to talk to other cup drivers about trying the 500, whether it's the double like Larson's doing, whether it's when they're done running cup and all that stuff. I think that's where, uh, where, where he can have the greatest impact. And quite frankly, I'm intrigued with, I think I was more excited today to see Rick Hendrick at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for an IndyCar test than I was Kyle Larson. Well, that's there's the, potential there. That's the other aspect is that uh, IndyCar Deep Throat was, was telling me the other week. Yeah, Rick Hendrick is very much interested in this IndyCar team as far as having not just, you know, his name co-branded on an entry like, like this year with Aaron McLaren, but having his own operation in a year or two. And that's not surprising. I mean, this is another opportunity, another way to grow your motorsports brand. And it's just a logical next step and way more affordable than Formula One, <laughs> yeah. which I don't think exactly. he has interest in. Yeah, exactly. And and Rick Hendrick has won a lot of, of races and championships and stuff in, in, in Cup, but correct me if I'm wrong, he's not really expanded significantly to other things has he i mean he's not in sports cars is he um that is a good question so i look at rick hendrick as as a guy that is really stock car based for a long time and 
it's no coincidence that he's yeah yeah he's checking on how are things going for Kyle Larson today but stuff but he's also doing okay how does this go how does this work and uh, I'm sure he's sucking up information just as much as Kyle Larson is and that's you know that's it's another element you got to think about if Rick Hendrick comes away impressed with how this goes it's only going to help as far as adding another team to IndyCar and obviously be a Chevy entry. Right. And there's a natural fit there with Chevy already in IndyCar. It's just a matter of um, expanding away and, and doing something, you know, in terms of maybe a, a maybe you start with a technical partnership with an entry. Right. And then you go off and, and do it. I mean, I guess the only other thing they did is they did the the garage uh, 56, 24 hours of Le Mans entry That's this right. past year. Yeah, they but did. that was with a cup car. Right. It was Correct. modified. Yeah. So I, I guess that's really the only other thing other I can venture. think of when outside you, of stock car racing. Obviously, they've done ARCA. They've done trucks. Um, it's all stock car Xfinity, based. Cup, the whole, the whole deal. When you look at, and this is why I have no problem with thermal and it not being open to the general public, is here you are a private test that you're bringing in Kyle Larson to the Speedway and you have Rick Hendrick there. And you know what? If... He falls in love with IndyCar and the Indianapolis 500 and even with nobody there and he wants to invest in the in the sport whether it's a team whether it's supporting a team whatever then it's a victory for IndyCar same thing at Thermal just because nobody's there it doesn't mean there aren't going to be a lot of movers and shakers there and even if one of those people decides to invest in the sport whether it's with a team or a sponsor or a a an affiliate or whatever then it's a victory for IndyCar. And that's kind of why I'm looking at thermal-like, and that's kind of what you're looking at these private tests as well, as these are the opportunity. These are, are what piques people's interests that eventually leads them to hopefully investing in the series in some capacity. Larson looking to become only the fifth driver in history to accomplish the Memorial Day double, the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway, he would join Kurt Busch, who did it in 2014. Uh, also, the late John Andretti, Robbie Gordon, and Tony Stewart also uh, finished the double as well. So, trying to add that to his resume. I, I think, to me, this seems... And just like we saw with Kurt Busch, right? It, it He had one little incident, and I think it was the second-to-last practice when he, he did... This back in 2014, just enough to scare him, but not enough to damage the car, which was key. Yeah. And then he had a solid race, just stayed out of trouble, finished sixth. I mean, if you're Larson, the the key is to go with that same attitude, right? The key is to finish, right? Finish in the top half of the field would be. And and just build your confidence lap by lap between practice and, and qualifying and obviously the race and see what happens from there. Just, Stay in the race. That's the, that's the biggest. In the race, thing. get laps, and I think it would be. It would. I don't see this as being an annual thing for Kyle Larson, no. but I could see him every couple years doing this. Yeah, I don't think we'll see it again in twenty five. But like you said, I think I agree. We'll see it again. It's just the next thing is Kyle Busch is is express interest so close to coming together with a deal, and then Kyle Larson swooped in at the, <laughs> the last minute, seemingly, yeah, and and took that spot. So. We'll see if uh, someone else will join in the future. Obviously, I'm not expecting anyone else in 2024, especially with this test already taking place. You're kind of already behind 
the eight ball, but a good start nonetheless for Kyle Larson. And I think this will be big for the race, not only for in-person attendance, but as you mentioned, should be helpful with the TV rating as well. Kyle Larson saying all the right things after the test. Uh, quote, it was cool getting to go that fast. I would say it was about what I expected as far as grip and speed felt. Obviously, there are little things that caught me off guard a bit. The way the car wants to pull left down the straightaway. You're fighting it and turning right in the corners, though. The weight of the wheel is about what I expected. I mean, Kyle Larson has driven a lot of different cars in a lot of different disciplines. So I don't know how much was really going to surprise him. But, you know, him saying, basically, I got to work on the pit road stuff because you are you are hauling ass and you have to get over into that apron pretty quick and slow it down. And even the drivers like Scott Dixon have issues getting down to speed. So those types of things are going to uh, are going to be important for Kyle Larson, which is only is going to come with more and more running at the speedway, particularly with other cars. And the great part about the Indy 500 is, again, plenty of track time if you're a rookie to develop and learn and grow throughout the two weeks of May which he'll be a, a constant, which, uh, which will be pretty cool because that entire couple of weeks will bring in cup fans, mm-hmm. right? It's not just going to be one day. So it'll be, it'll be an exciting time to have Kyle Larson around. So la- uh, this past year at the 500, it seemed there was tons of Tony Kanaan and Pato Award merch. I guess as we'll see a ton of Kyle Larson merch <laughs> as well coming up next May. Yes, looking forward to it. And you know McLaren is going to monetize that stuff. Oh, McLaren for sure. is the best team in the IndyCar paddock in terms of apparel and making sure that's out there. You may pay, pay a pretty penny for it, but at least it's visible. At least you're able to pick up what you want. Meanwhile, on Wednesday, the day before, Chippy Ganassi Racing's Marcus Armstrong and Linus Lundquist completed their rookie orientation programs along with Meyer Shank Racing's Tom Blomquist as well. Uh, relatively uneventful day. The only thing is that Lundquist uh, had some sort of issues during the test. Uh, he was able to to finish everything and, and finish the test, but there was a moment where uh, the car was coming down the front stretch and it had a, a weird sound, made a vibration, and then a bang. But again, he was able to get back up and running. They all finished their ROPs before noon. So it was a very quick work of uh, finishing the job at the Speedway for them. So again, good test. And then the other note with all of this is simply the the hybrid test, which happened uh, this evening. So uh, this afternoon and this evening. And that's another thing where with Colton Herta, Alex Plow, Will Power, and Alexander Rossi uh, did some group running with that. That to me is the real question mark out of all of this is where do we stand with the hybrid? How are things going? And will it be ready for next season? All unanswered questions. Well, we keep hearing rumors that it's not, but everything seems to be proceeding as planned. So some of this smoke needs to be actually become, well, I'll say some of this white smoke needs to turn dirty smoke so we can have fire. But I just don't see it right now. It ran today without a problem. It seemed like multiple cars. So until somebody in authority says this may not come to pass, I'm going to doubt that's an issue. I mean, even people have asked Marshall Pruitt, and he sounds like all indications are it's, it's on track. It'll be fine. Which is good. I mean, that is the good news of this because there have been rumors saying otherwise as far as with the, the hybrid units and, and their 
availability for the start of the season. So that's a look at testing at IMS. Meanwhile, some other notes within the last week to get to before we move on this episode. And I think a couple of silly season news and nuggets. And the biggest thing to me is what was in this week's racer.com mailbag. And we still have several open seats. I think we forget we have two Foyt seats that aren't confirmed. We have an Ed Carpenter racing seat unconfirmed. Both Hunko seats, I guess, technically unconfirmed. We expect Callum Eilat to be back in the 77. Uh, we have a Ray Hall seat empty, the 30 car. And then Dale Coyne Racing and those two seats unconfirmed. So there's still plenty of movement to go in the silly season for 2024. And one of those possibilities, Marshall Pruitt says, and this very surprising, that Ramon Grosjean um, could be that driver uh, in one of those seats. Uh, Pruitt says, from where I understand, he's most likely headed Hunko's Hollinger Racing. Um, that is his what he's been hearing as far as his seat for next year. Seems like an odd fit to me. I think a lot of people would guess if he if he goes to any team, it would be at Dale Coyne Racing. Um, but Hunkos obviously having at least that strategic partnership with McLaren. Now, that doesn't mean technical data, so I don't right. know how helpful. But if we're talking about engineers and crew guys who are being built up to go over to McLaren for the future for you know their fourth entry, for example, then I guess that is helpful. But this seems like an odd fit to me. Does this mean, and this, what's this mean? Does that mean Canapino is done? Does that mean Eilat is going somewhere? That's my bigger question is if Grosjean goes to Hunkos, then who's out? Yeah. And I would think it would not be good for IndyCar and their chances of going to Argentina if Canapino is not in the car. That tells me that sponsorship has already started dry, drying up from Argentina. And is that's a the paramount importance to having that race down there. Yeah, it it does not, like that statement alone right there does not give me confidence that A, Canapino will be back in 24, and B, that that event that they've discussed is even on the radar now. Especially with the schedule coming out and it not being on there. I mean, you have time to add it, but not a lot of time. If you want to start promoting it and, and all that down there, I mean, the season seems like, miles away but five months i mean you got to announce it before the season starts considerably before i would think so what what would you say if we pass x date without that being announced that it's not happening january um mid-january i'd go as late as like indy 500 weekend oh really like if they don't have it done by then it's just simply not going to happen man i just think but i i mean i i think logistically it'd, it'd still be before because that's what not even six months away so yeah, that'd be really tough to promote and look the you know the crowds will show up right well but yeah but it's you still the logistics that's the real issue here. right well and you still you don't want to all of a sudden say okay in may that we're coming down there in september that's what four months that's not a lot of time to promote a race no so i think if it's not done the especially before if it's not announced before st pete it's not happening and i would hope it's announced sooner rather than later but if canapino is out of a seat that tells me that argentinian money is already starting to dry up 
which we didn't feel very confident ab- about to begin with going into this offseason. Not from what we were hearing, but I, th- I would think if they don't have enough money to sponsor an, an Argentinian driver and how big that has been for Argentina, then what does that mean about the funding for the event itself? Yeah, if they can't spot, well, the two go hand in hand. If they can't sponsor the driver, they can't sponsor the event. Right. I mean, it's or, it's, or at it's, least or shows winning interest, right? Yeah. At least shows that you know, last year when they're when they have Argentinian colors all over the car and you know their support, it, it, it was just it was a, a ton of support for the driver and the team. And now we're talking about all of a sudden not having the driver in the seat. Primarily because of sponsorship, because you can guarantee if the money was there, Canapino would be in the seat. So, so what's this look, mean? Or is it Ilock out? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, someone is is going to be out. Yeah, this, this, is, this team like. isn't going to three cars. No, no, unless McLaren is going to say, "Oh, we're going to use our our fourth entry that we talked about for 2024 and just tack it on to your team." I don't think that's happening, though. I just don't no, see I don't it think now. So either. Hunkos would have the shop space. That's not the issue. It's McLaren would have to provide the staffing and the resources. It's it's simply not going to happen. Yeah, it logistically doesn't make any sense. So we look at the other entries that are available. We have two entries at Coin. We expect one of them, I think, to be Devlin D. Francesco, right? Yeah. And then the other one is, you know, who's who of which Indy Lights driver <laughs> yeah. is bringing the most money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, at Ray Hall, the thirty car is open and and. There have been several names throw out, thrown out there. Uh, everything from Yuri Vips, who ran with the team. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of who. I mean, Connor Daly ran with the team a couple of races. My guess would be Vips has the inside track on this seat, but it feels very open at I the th- moment. It feels like if somebody would bring a, a check, a mega check, they could slide into that. Yeah. That seat. Um, but I think they want to hire somebody competent, too. Yes. Vips showed himself fairly well. I don't think that, yeah. that was an issue. Well, yeah, that's true, but he'd still be a rookie. And then uh, Marshall Pruitt a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if we ever touched on this before, but as far as, you know, drivers and, and you know, Jack Harvey apparently even still has, you know, some some interest with teams where Jack's name has come up with Dale Coyne, according to Pruitt, that from a couple weeks ago. Um, coin and point mentioned for Connor Daly as well. So he's a name to keep an eye on. Foyt just feels like a complete wild card. It could be the same lineup or it could be <laughs> completely different. I have yeah. no idea what to expect. Uh, that's also, I think waiting for people with big checks to come board. So when you look at it though, there's a lot of seats to be had, but the only one of consequence in terms of running potentially for wins is that Ray Hall seat. Yeah. The rest of them, to be honest, they're they're field fillers. For all due respect, they're field fillers until those teams show something different. So really, the only one I'm really mindful of that that I think is a serious seat to be a contender, if it's the right situation, the right driver, is that 30 car. So here's a scenario. What if the Ray Hall team saw what Santino Ferrucci did with Foyt last year and said, you know, maybe we should give him a full-time chance. I mean, they, they uh, gave him a half season a couple years ago. Yeah. He was in the running for that full-time ride that went to Jack Harvey. Ultimately, you know, is that an option? 
I don't know. Uh, maybe, or they feel like they've already kicked the tires on. Mm-hmm. I mean, he showed really well with the team during his, his stint there. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, th- I don't think it would be the, the number one option, but if they get down their list and they've crossed everybody out that is a potential, maybe. And then Ed Carpenter Racing, they have their seat open, the 20 car. We know Christian Rasmussen tested for that. Oliver Askew tested as well. Um, I, I don't know if it's just between those two guys. I'm sure there are other people at play that haven't tested, but that's where things stand on the silly scenes. So if I count it up, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight seats available if Hunko says a complete lineup change seven if Eilat is indeed back. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, of seats out there to be had, but who gets the coveted one, I think, with the, with the 30 car? And that is is the one to keep an eye on. So that's a look at the IndyCar Silly Season update. Meanwhile, in Indy Lights, Bryce Aaron will be with the team uh, with Andretti in 2024. Um, he is a, a guy who's raced in Europe for a couple of years, comes in with an interesting resume. He's joining James Rowe, who is also announced, but Bryce Aaron, 20 years old from Illinois, has raced the F-1600 series in 2019. He was third. Uh, he also received the 2020 Team USA Scholarship, so that's a, a pretty big deal. Uh, first American in British motorsports history to place in the top five, mm. the Walter Hayes Trophy. He was third and Formula Ford Festival, where he was fifth. He raced in 21 and 22 the BRDC British F3 Championship seasons. Uh, scored a win, three podiums, eight top ten finishes. Um secured helped secure the team championship so also did the 23 euro formula open f3 championship scoring three wins in that as well so he'll make his debut with the team october 20th on the ims road course at the annual chris griffiths memorial test so another another guy added in interesting name to keep an eye on a midwest guy so uh, i mentioned james rowe also confirmed as another lights driver uh, Nolan Siegel, who is the rookie of the year in the series for 23. He's back with HMD Motorsports. And then Christian Bogle also announced as Bogle will continue with HMD Motorsports uh, for his fourth season of Indy Lights in 2024. So six confirmed drivers in Indy Lights, Indy Next, I guess. Uh, five of them American so far. So That's impressive. Yeah, the only one that's not American right now, James Rowe, but Andretti Global with two right now, HMD with three and, uh, or four, excuse me, with the four Cindy combo with Miles Rowe. So both uh, Miles Rowe will be a rookie and, and Aaron will be a rookie. So that's a look at the silly season. Uh, we'll get to news and notes in a bit, but first, if you agree or disagree with us, we'd love for you to interact with us. You can find us at NewTrackRecordPodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for the email list. It is free. Uh, You won't miss any episodes or special announcements. Plus, we have t-shirts and stickers available for sale for you in the store, so you can check that out as well. You can also find us on social media, IndyCar Podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, Just search for New Track Record on Facebook. We check all the outlets, so you can get in touch with us on any of those. Also, you can email us 
new track record podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, comments, concerns, send them our way on there. If you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon, patreon.com slash new track record. Thanks to Xavier, Rob, and several others for their monthly support. Again, starting at just $1 per month. And you can always download our episodes for free on your favorite podcasting platforms. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Overcast, CastBox, wherever you listen to podcasts, all for free. Not a lot on the mailbag this week. Not really a big surprise. There wasn't a whole lot to get to in the last week or so. But we do have a few items. Uh, First one from Poet Shevchenko. Uh, Unfortunately, as NASCAR 2021 demonstrated, also by Motorsport Games, you can make almost anything look good in trailer form. Talking about the IndyCar game teaser, which we'll have more news on that uh, a bit later on this episode. It looks impressive. Yeah. But I agree with Poet Shevchenko. You can make any trailer look good. But... If if that's a, a preview of what the game will be, it's great. That's great. Big F. But no, yeah, it's uh, twenty seconds is different than actually making an entire game look that good. Meanwhile, he also uh, tweeted, uh, "You were talking about whether fantasy leagues should get points for the Thermal Club special race in twenty four. I say that if the racers are swapping out points for prize money, so should the fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to provide the prize money, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be we perfectly are fine. all in." On that. Absolutely. We'll uh, make a replica Aster Cup. We'll just have the whole <laughs> the whole thing going on here. Kyle Conley 59 on the Grosjean uh, rumor to Hunkos says, as a Hunkos fan, in all caps, no. <laughs> <laughs> I loved uh, I love the succinct that element of that. That would be uh, an interesting sequence of uh, of races to watch with uh, with him with Hunkos. Meanwhile, uh, someone in the racer mailbag this week brought up a potential future track, which I thought was interesting talking oh, about Reno, Reno Nevada, Nevada. Uh, which one I don't see happening, but it was an interesting question. Um, airport circuit, right? Yes. They're closing the airport in Reno. Uh, the Reno air races are done after 50 years. Ah. So a race of the airport instead, as uh, someone was asking, but um, in our mailbag, uh, racer Mac RTP one said, trust me, you don't want to go to Reno. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the market that IndyCar is after. Well, it would fit right because formula one's in Vegas. So <laughs> IndyCar's Indy in Reno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Reno is the market. No offense to anyone who listens to the podcast in Reno. I don't think IndyCar is trying to get to the Reno market. Just like they're certainly not trying to get to Fort Wayne where we record out of every week. <laughs> well, you know what Reno is the biggest little city in the world. Yes what it's called but yeah their casinos there it's it's uh it's got the vegas vibe it's not vegas it's got a vegas vibe that's what uh, indycar is going for <laughs> perhaps uh but that is a look at the mailbag this week like i said short sweet and to the point but thanks everyone for your questions and submissions news not a lot going on no really not news and notes time uh nathan brown had more details uh of the indy star with the lawsuit between McLaren and Alex Pillow and some breakdown. So it's what? $22 million. It, McLaren believes Alex Pillow owes the team 6.9 million loss in a soon to be renegotiated deal with NCT data. All right. Mm-hmm. 1.5 million loss in Chevy team support. Okay. okay. Three and a half million in money. They could have sold for his F one 
TPC spot for, which is the, the testing of previous car oh, yeah. program. So those are some of the numbers in the breakdown. Again, makes sense. I get it. They're not getting $22 million, though, from Alex Blue. No, I would no, be no. shocked. They are not. $400,000 signing bonus, you know, that, that he got in advance, which we've touched on before. So those are some of the, the other things. $7 million in lost any car revenue, which is significant. Um, that's related to the sponsorship, prize money, merchandise sales, use of Pelot's name, image, and likeness as the two-time IndyCar champion. I mean, it is a huge loss. You, you, you're going to have the defending champion switch teams, which, again, we looked for in history. Right. And couldn't find an example, right? Or no. if we did, it was... Was it Bobby Rahal, like, starting? Yeah, it was... It was uh, it was him starting his own organization, right? It wasn't going yeah. to another team. He was starting his own team. He he left. Was. Well, no, it, it wasn't even that because it was still Ray Hall Hogan Racing then. Ah, okay. But he was a champion in 92 and then uh, something changed in 93. I forget what it was. But he obviously, I mean, he did qualify for the Indy 500. Still finished fourth, though, in the series. But yeah, it was... It, it, there's not really a precedent for that and still isn't because well Polo is staying at Ganassi. Correct. Meanwhile, um other notes from news and notes. This was a shocker and a pretty big deal that I think is fallen under the radar but Craig Hampson, who longtime engineer for Sebastian Bourdais and Newman Haas, uh I think he was with Andretti for a bit. He was recently with Aero McLaren. Well, he's leaving Aero McLaren mm. in the coming months. And not saying where he's going. It doesn't Correct. sound like he's like out of IndyCar. He's going somewhere. So he joined the team in 2020. Um, but he is out. Uh, again, he's made several stops. Newman Haas, Andretti, Dale Coyne, uh, where he worked with Sebastian Bourdais again um, before going to Aero McLaren. But uh, interesting move. Does he stay in IndyCar? Does he go outside of IndyCar? Something to keep an eye on this offseason. We'll find out. Perhaps at the end of the year, if not in January. A guy that's had a lot of success in IndyCar. Various drivers, various teams. You'd think he would be in high demand. Is he leaving for a job in IndyCar? I don't know. Find out soon. That is very interesting question. Uh, Marshall Pro has an interesting column talking about all the lawsuits in, Snore. in IndyCar. Um, we're not going to get into the details there, but you can check that out if you want as far as between Aaron McLaren and Alex Blow and then Andretti, now Andretti Global, and uh, Ramon Grosjean on that. You can check that out. Also on News and Notes this episode, the Dan Weldon documentary. There's another screening coming up. In fact, this Saturday, October 14th in Indianapolis, 7 p.m. Uh, as part of the Heartland International Film Festival. Uh, it will screen at the Toby Theater at Newfields, which is essentially the Indianapolis Museum of Art. You can uh, order tickets online. Just look that up through the festival. Uh, meanwhile, interesting article, uh, an interview on Forbes by Bruce Martin, talking with NASCAR President Steve Phelps and IndyCar's Roger Penske. So NASCAR coming to Iowa just basically a, a month, or excuse me, a, yeah, a month before IndyCar shows up. And NASCAR Cup Series has never raced at the track. They've hosted Xfinity, they've hosted Trucks, they've hosted ARCA, 
and obviously IndyCar over the years. So, one, of course, NASCAR gets the first date, right? Well, of course. So that helps them out. And Penske and, and the parties talked about, you know, could they share some of the temporary grandstand and, and suite costs between the events? Perhaps. But really the, the interesting nugget out of this story is that NASCAR was planning to race at Circuit Gilles Villeneuve in Montreal next year, and then negotiations fell through, and NASCAR's quick pivot was adding Iowa Speedway to the 2024 schedule. All right. I mean, we knew they were interested in an in, in international race, which we figured would be Canada. Yeah. But having these races less than a month apart on the calendar, what, June 16th and July 13th and 14th, that is tough for the track, and it's really tough for IndyCar. Well, this is why it's important to have those mega musical acts as part of the IndyCar yes. event. That's where you're giving that something different. Stay and two IndyCar. races. Yes. But... Again, we'll fight it when we get towards Iowa. People will say, well, the people are going. Some people that are not even don't even care about the race. Who cares? They buying tickets? Who cares? Is this is everybody making money that needs to make money to continue the event? Great. Who cares? As far as NASCAR and IndyCar being featured together again on the same weekend, like they were at IMS from 2020 to 2023, uh, Steve Phelps says he thinks so, that the concept will return in the near future. Adds, I think it makes sense for combining other motorsport series in addition to the ones we own with our three national series in ARCA. I think it's great. You start to mix fan bases and it's good for everyone. I really believe if, if motorsports is growing, it's good for all the different series around the world. Here's the thing, though. NASCAR is going to do... It's going to make sure it benefits for anything that it does. And I don't blame them. Why wouldn't they? It's every business. You're going to do what benefits you. So they can say all the right things. But they're not going to do a doubleheader just to do a doubleheader. They're going to do a doubleheader to benefit Cup. They're not going to all of a sudden add a doubleheader with IndyCar at an already successful event for Cup, right? So they're going to use it to get into different markets or a different venue or whatever. So I almost look at it as they're they're probably eyeing IndyCar's schedule and going, where would we like to be a doubleheader? Milwaukee. Hmm. Maybe you look at, uh, they, do they race at road America or just as Xfinity? Uh, they did. And then they left. So would they want to do that? What if they looked at, uh, I don't know, another, another track. I mean, they did the Xfinity races in mid Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Here's the thing. If you're uh, IndyCar and NASCAR wants to do it, you have to make the concessions because yeah, you're going to get in front want, of a lot yeah. more people. And you're going to have to race on Saturday or Saturday night as opposed to Sunday yeah. on a typical weekend. And you just have to accept that. And that's okay. That's like, okay. I, I, think, I think the, the, the end is greater than the means in, in that right. aspect. But make no mistake, NASCAR is going to do what helps NASCAR first and foremost. It can say all the right things and, oh, if we all help each other, it's great for motorsports. That's whatever. They're going to do, everybody should make this approach. You're going to do what's best for your your sport, your series. IndyCar, one of the best things they can do is partner with NASCAR because of how popular it is. But that doesn't benefit NASCAR going the other way. NASCAR has different reasons to want to do a doubleheader with IndyCar. Meanwhile, another nugget on international races, this from this week's Racer.com mailbag. Uh, Marshall was uh, asked by someone in Sao Paulo, Brazil, 
about the Brazil rumor, and Pruitt said, I asked IndyCar when the Brazil rumor made the rounds and was told there was nothing there. So, we'll see, but seemed to be a lot of smoke and no fire on that one. I'll look forward to that. But international races are fave. Yes. Are we haven't talked our... third OEM in a long time, and I'm fine um, with that. Yeah, there's nothing new there. No. Meanwhile... The IndyCar game and the latest update there is NASCAR is going over to the, a game with iRacing, which I believe we covered last week. But uh, a memo was sent within Motorsport Games. Uh, the, the sale of the NASCAR license was done to help with the company's finances. And as far as what that means for IndyCar, the memo says detailed commercial evaluations are already in progress for projects like IndyCar currently in development with our Australian team and Traxian.gg, our UK-based media site. Here's the thing, is video games, the technology is get, advances so fast that if you take two, two and a half, three years to get a game out, by that time, the tech you're using for graphics and all that stuff is antiquated. So how long is it taking? So, you know, was it last year that they were doing all those motion cap thing cameras to get people's, uh, all the drivers and everybody's like profiles and faces and all that stuff? Was it I last year? The think year before? so. But it's like, how long are you taking to develop this game? Because by the time it comes out, the stuff that you developed two years ago isn't going to look good anymore. Yeah. Or isn't going to be relevant anymore, yeah. right? So how long is this taking this progress? Like it's been what, a year and a half since this game has been announced? At least. Maybe two years, and we have a 20-second clip. It was this May of 22, right? Ye- or April of 22? It was 2022 for sure. Yeah, so it's not t- two years quite yet, but, I mean, gosh, if you start developing a game in 22 and you don't you don't release it till 24, especially this motorsport game, we're not talking about some of the mega companies that make games okay uh, oh, oh wait sorry they acquired the indycar video game license exclusively in, in 2021 huh. <laughs> so you're gonna be going on two and a half years like yeah a, a, and this is a well nearly three years and and this is an or this is a company or, you're that, right two and a half years this is a company that's bleeding money that's filed for bankruptcy like they don't have a hell of a lot of of uh of programmers working on this game all this stuff like I just, I'm expecting a half-ass game. Anything above, and I'm a guy that that games, okay? I was playing F1 2021 last night, and that's two years old, and I can still play that game, and it's it's realistic and relevant, but can I don't we know just where we're at with IndyCar. move on to iRacing and get yeah, this can over we, with? Yeah, like, can we, like, NASCAR's already moved on, can, but I'm sure there's, there's fine print that IndyCar backed itself into a corner and can't get out of it and they're stuck with motorsport games that hasn't really put out a good game yet in the motorsports world and now all of a sudden that's where all the eggs are in the in the motorsport game basket for indycar meanwhile congrats to Rainus vk who got married last week uh, so congrats to him meanwhile uh in f1 as it relates to indycar and of course the andretti bid lewis hamilton is clarified not pro andretti in their bid pro 11th team a max verstappen fernando alonso in support of andretti global no surprise that alonso would be in support williams not in support very strongly against expansion of the grid 
uh, but would welcome General Motors with open arms. <laughs> what hilarious. A what a tool. Absolutely like, uh, no, we don't want another team, but hey, General Motors, why don't you just come join us? Yeah, yeah, they want a new engine partner. What a stooge. Uh, meanwhile, the FIA president, Mohammed bin Suleim, is optimistic that Andretti's F1 entry will be approved by FOM, and the matter will have to go to court. Oh, that'd be we'll fun. see. That'd be nice. That's kind of the goal. A uh, couple other quick notes. Um, good news, bad news, good news. Uh, will Power gifted Rick Hendrick uh, his Indy 500 helmet from 2023 and signed it to, to thank Rick for providing resources and, and helping save Power's wife, Liz, uh, setting up you know a hospital transfer and some other specialists and doctors as she dealt with a very serious staph infection that nearly killed her. And then unfortunate news for Marshall Pruitt and his wife, Chabral, as the cancer has oh, returned. Damn. She's able to walk and mobility issues have gone away, but the cancer has returned. So unfortunate news there. Terrible. Uh, meanwhile, tweets of the week time, and it is just one tweet of the week, and it is courtesy of NASCAR Chasm. Kyle Larson has passed ROP now on to stage four of ROP, which is doing a few laps on the dirt track in turn three <laughs> in the Indy car. That would be, that'd cool. be a sight. I would be on board with that. <laughs> and with that time now for a random split air driver of the week. All right. So, uh, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to find drivers, uh, particularly in the IRL. But we're going to, oh, I had it open. Now I lost it. Let's go to 1999, I believe, is where he's at. Uh, no, let's go 1998. Play this game. In the IRL? Yes. Okay. In the IRL. Uh, let me find him here. A lot of great names. I'm looking through the list right now. In 99 or 98? In 98. We'll talk about some of the ones we do know. While I Dan Drynan. Yeah. Um, Stefan Gregoire. Roberto Guerrero, Gregoire, uh, Donnie Beachler, John Paul Jr., Mike Groff, Buzz Calkins, Robbie Groff, uh, Kenny Brack, Greg Ray, Billy Boat, Tice Carlson, Buddy Lazier, Johnny Unser, Jeff Ward, Scott Sharp, Mark Dismore. That's a veritable who's who. Scott Harrington, Sam Schmidt, Lynn St. James, Raul Boisel, Stan Waddles, Davey, uh, Davey Hamilton. I don't know if I said his, his name already. Um, there are a lot. A lot of recognizable names. Eliseo Salazar. Uh, uh, Dr. Jack Miller, the racing dentist. J.J. Yelly, Yaley. Jimmy Kites, Eddie Cheever. All right. Tony so, Stewart, Robbie Buell. I mean, this is... It's... it's, it's a goal. Ari Leindyke, this is a gold mine. It absolutely is. We're going to go to 1998, and we're going with... Let me find him. I lost him again. Where is this? I can't... Uh, here he is. Mr. Jack... Hewitt. Who? Mr. Jack Hewitt, a two-time USAC Silver Crown Series champion. He was also an All-Star Circuit of cha- All-Star Circuit of Champions champion. That, that seriously, Wait, that's what, what it's called. That's the, the name? All-Star Circuit <laughs> of Champions champion. Um actually was purchased by Tony Stewart in 2015 that that, that series? Uh, sprint car series, yeah. But anyway, let's talk about Jack Hewitt and his career in IndyCar. He began racing. His first win was at Eldora back in 1975. He raced in the 1998 Indianapolis 500 for PDM racing. Poor dumb mechanics. Correct. 
And do you know where he finished in the night in the 1998 Indianapolis? Uh, well, I'm looking at it. He uh, finished 12th, 12th, which is very impressive. Yes. So uh, was was pretty good at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He withdrew from Texas, and then his only other race was at New Hampshire that year, and finished 25th at New Hampshire. So he was two and done for the poor dumb mechanics. But the majority of his racing was in the USAC Silver Crown Series, the All Star Circuit of Champions, World of Outlaws as well, and. Pretty much was done in the early 90s as he did IndyCar, the IRL, towards the twilight of his career. But uh, still with us, 72 years old, a native of Troy, Ohio, but two races and done. In the 1998 Indianapolis 500, that was won by Eddie Cheever. He finished 12th overall. And looking at the entry list of that race, I'm wondering how many bumps they had in that race. Uh, starting grid here failed to qualify. You had seven guys that didn't qualify. Tyce Carlson, Claude Bourbonnet, Joe Gosek, Hideshi Matsuda, Scott Harrington, Dan Drynan, and Paul Durant. Several. Along with LSAO Salazar and Lynn St. James is the alternates. Remember, they used to do alternates back yeah, in the day. Yeah, they did the alternates, which, I don't know, it was kind of, kind of weird to me. Makes sense, but um, when you look at Jack Hewitt started on the inside of row eight, one of several rookies in that field, but was able to finish 12th overall with Eddie Cheever winning the race. But two races and done with poor dumb mechanics in 1998. Mr. Jack Hewitt, this week's random split era driver of the week. And a couple of notes, he was inducted into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame in 2002. And there's an annual car race he's honored called the Jack Hewitt Classic. Uh, it's been held at Waynesfield Raceway Park in Waynesfield, Ohio. Also been held at Kokomo Speedway in Kokomo here in Indiana. And also Attica Raceway Park in Attica, Ohio in years past as well. So there you Alrighty. go. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of New Track Record Podcast. For Justin Kinney, I am Caleb Hatch. We'll be back a week from now with the latest and greatest news in the world of IndyCar. Thanks for joining us on New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.